Hi everyone, this is Ryan Noach, CEO of Discovery Health. I decided to record a follow-up podcast after my previous podcast of last week went far and wide. I received really great feedback uh, with explanations that it created a lot of understanding, managed to get some real hard facts out there about COVID-19 in amongst all the misinformation that's flying around, and most importantly, actually helped to calm people down a lot and put into a perspective how people can deal with this outbreak that we're facing. As of this morning, Thursday the 19th of March, we are now facing 116 confirmed cases in South Africa, uh, with that update released last night by the National Institute of Communicable Diseases, and I'm quite sure we'll move again today. Globally, there's now about 220,000 cases. Of the 116 cases reported in South Africa, 72 of those are in fact Discovery Health members, uh, administered by Discovery Health through either the Discovery Health Medical Scheme or the other 18 restricted schemes we administer. We have made it our business to try and offer personal support to each one of those people that we are aware of that's infected. And so what I really wanted to do today was start by telling you some stories of these members and what they've experienced through these infections. I've personally phoned quite a few of the members. I've been phoning them every day just to try and get my own feeling for the natural course of the disease and to really try and understand what it feels like to be COVID-19 infected. The most common symptoms which are entirely congruent with what the World Health Organization is reporting is a fever which occurs in about 80% of cases, a dry cough, it's an unproductive dry hacking cough, almost feels like a discomfort in the chest, and that's in about 70% of patients. Many of them report the typical flu-like fatigue, muscle pain, we call that malaise in a clinical sense, and that's in about 40-50% to 50% of the patients. And then in a couple of the severe illnesses, People report shortness of breath uh, and sometimes even a feeling of a very tight closed chest and a difficulty to breathe, and that's in about 20% of cases. Another common feature which hasn't been documented by the World Health Organization, but anecdotally everybody I spoke to told me that they had a sore throat, and that was sometimes the first feature that seemed to appear was a mild sore throat that developed into this disease complex. So I'm hoping that by telling you the story of what we're hearing and what's being documented globally, that you understand exactly how to recognize the disease and that you can look out for these symptoms. We've seen that recovery is taking more than a week uh, and up to two weeks in some cases. And in one or two of the people I've been speaking to, they're reaching now the 10-day mark of the infection, one of them even at 12 days. Uh, and in those cases, they really are feeling much stronger and better today uh, and feel like they're actually fit enough to return to the world. Though, of course, must stay in isolation for at least 14 days to limit community spread. I guess one of the upsetting parts of talking to our members uh, and engaging with COVID-19 patients for me has been hearing stories, bad stories, to be honest, and negative anecdotes 
of how communities have responded to them, the infected patients, and to their families. And I thought it very useful to share with you some of these anecdotes because I really believe as a society we, we must respond differently. I've heard stories and descriptions of communities being nasty, of ostracizing these infected families. In a school environment, before the schools were closed, of concerned parents fighting with teachers, demanding to know the identities of positive patients, and being really nasty at uh, a level where the children of the families that were affected have felt personally attacked. My plea to you today and to everyone that listens to this podcast is not to stigmatize this disease. This coronavirus, which spreads very much like the flu or like the common cold through saliva droplet spread, is likely to affect many of us. And as a community, we should be standing together and rallying in support to defend and protect those around us and their families when they faced with an infection or this disease. We should, in fact, be encouraging complete disclosure and transparency. If we alienate these individuals, then when somebody's infected, they are going to hide it. They're going to keep it secret, and they're not going to talk about it. And we need exactly the opposite behaviors. We need free talk. We need open transparency. We need a sympathetic and empathic community response. But the visibility of who's infected and the ability to isolate those people is central to us successfully being able to combat the disease. Of course, I spoke about at length in my first podcast how you should go about preventing getting the disease. And it's so important that it's worth just repeating very quickly what the best preventive behaviors are. Most important and advertised everywhere at the moment, and I'm sure you've heard it a hundred times, is personal hygiene. And actually, soap and water is the best remedy at the moment and seems to be even better than hand disinfectant. Soap seems to break down the, the, the virus uh, and disable and kill it. And so wash your hands with soap and water frequently. And in the absence of soap and water, a 60% alcohol-based hand disinfectant is equally good. Your coughing and your sneezing hygiene should be very contained. Cough or sneeze into your elbow and don't do that near anyone else. And let's adopt social distancing measures with good spatial separation between individuals, no handshakes and limiting physical contact. If we take those behaviors and we follow the instructions that our president pleaded to the nation on Sunday night that we adopt, we really will be more successful in containing this outbreak and in protecting one another uh, from vicious community spread. One of the key developments that's emerging across the world from the COVID-19 epidemic is the relevance and virtue of digital health care through this particular challenge. One of our biggest concerns at Discovery Health through this outbreak is in fact how we go about protecting doctors, empowering them and working with healthcare professionals to support them through this situation. And one of the best ways to do that is through telemedicine or virtual consultations. So what does this entail? It means instead of seeing your doctor or your healthcare professional face to face, you can consult with them virtually through your smartphone on the Discovery app 
to have a normal consultation, just obviously excluding the physical examination part of it. Some doctors have been highly innovative and have been consulting patients in their parking lots, putting signs outside their practices to say, please don't come into the waiting room if you're feeling sick or exhibiting flu-like illness. But actually the best way of engaging your doctor through this period, if you're worried that you're infected or at high risk, or you are needing a professional medical consultation, is through this virtual consultation mechanism. And we're seeing this right across the world. At Discovery Health, we offer something called Doctor Connect, which you can access through your Discovery app on your Android or your Apple smartphone. Doctor Connect is an existing platform that we've offered for some time that allows you to consult virtually with your doctor. Your doctor needs to be registered and you need to be registered on the platform in order to have this virtual consultation. It's confidential. It's a secure link between you and your doctor. And importantly, it allows the doctor to publish available times on a calendar where he can or she can effectively book virtual consultations and also to capture clinical notes through the virtual consultation process. Discovery Health Medical Scheme pays doctors for these virtual consultations and that's automatically built into the Doctor Connect process. So my message to you today is to greatly encourage you, please, to register on Doctor Connect, to ask your doctor to register if they're not, and to use virtual consultations through this period in the spirit of what our president has asked us to do and what countries like South Korea and Singapore have demonstrated is highly helpful, and that is a spirit of containment of the disease, flattening the outbreak curve, and controlling the spread of this epidemic. By the end of this week, we will take live a new tool on the Doctor Connect virtual consultation platform specifically for COVID-19. This will allow you to consult with any doctor, not only your own doctor, in the event that you think you're COVID-19 infected and potentially have the disease. It will include a short triage tool to help you determine whether you're at risk or not. And if you are high risk, it will connect you with a panel of doctors who have special training on COVID-19, who will be able to consult with you and, if necessary, refer you to the appropriate testing centers. So look out for that on Doctor Connect before the end of this week. Also on Doctor Connect, you will find a trusted medical advice question and answer platform which accesses many thousands of doctors in South Africa, but also a global network of doctors for you to get basic medical advice online. And this consumer health tool, which answers simple medical questions, is particularly useful at this time, where we have some patients living with chronic disease uh, and people who are particularly worried about their health care as we face a new and poorly understood health care challenge. The last thing I wanted to talk about today is really thinking about many of our members and many people in our broader communities who are now in isolation, uh, some even in so-called quarantine in their homes. Well, what does this actually mean? Well, it has broad community impact. And here at Discovery, we're in the process this week of sending home about 2,500 of our employees 
who will be working from home in order to support them with social distancing and in order to create greater spatial separation for our employees who are staying here in the office. This places unusual pressures and burdens on home and family environments and we've been thinking a lot about this. Something that's often not taken into consideration is how this impacts your household employees and people that you live with. And I thought it quite relevant just to remind you all that household employees are equally at risk, maybe spending the day with you but then going home to their families in the evening. And if you're in isolation or quarantine, please do invest time in understanding their living circumstances. Please do invest effort in helping them protect their own families. And if necessary, change their working arrangements or create live-in accommodation needs for them during this interim period to make sure that they and their families are equally protected uh, as we go about this different way of working and of living. Cannot sufficiently emphasize the importance of this. If you are somebody who has had a high-risk exposure and are wanting to limit your exposure to the rest of your family, the advice that is given by the World Health Organization is to live in a separate room in the house, confine anybody else coming into that room, try and contain your impact and your living space to that room and a defined area around it, which other people should stay out of, and definitely try not to share a bathroom with anyone else. And that is the, exo- uh, the, the guidance given by the World Health Organization around how best to manage isolation for us living in home environments where frequently there are other people living around us. Let's all come together in our communities. Let's be compassionate and empathic to those that may be infected. Let's support our president's bold call for social distancing and to flatten and contain this curve. Let us all understand our immediate health care risks fully and deal with facts, not with the misinformation that's floating around. And please, at this time, display empathy, care and thoughtfulness. Be mindful around the people around you. Stay safe, stay hygienic and keep a distance from anybody else around you. Good luck and we'll chat again soon. This is Ryan from Discovery Health.